0: Hey guys, and welcome back to the Winging It podcast. I'm Lucy Hitchcock, founder, podcast host, rosé lover, and dog mum. After I discovered the London agency life and corporate world made me severely unhappy, I left my nine to five job in 2015 and founded my own digital marketing agency, Sassy Digital. After carving out my own career path, I found that lots of others were reaching out to me on Instagram asking how I'd managed to create my dream career and have a life that I love because of it. So, the Winging It podcast was born. I want to help business babes and career women all over the world do the same as me and have a career that makes them happy, whether that's working for someone else or starting your own business. In 2020, during a global pandemic, I founded my second business, Partner in Wine, after discovering that I had nothing to keep my beloved rosé cool on the go while having socially distanced drinks with my friends. I created the Partner in Wine, an insulated bottle shaped like a wine bottle that holds a full bottle of wine, keeps it cool for up to 24 hours in the summer and warm for up to 12 hours in the winter. You're listening to series four. This series, I'm going through each and every step that I took that has made Partner in Wine the success that it is today. Just six months after launch, not only have we had a sellout Christmas, we've now moved into a fulfillment center to keep up with demand. We've been featured in several publications such as Good Housekeeping Magazine, The Sun and The Mirror. We've collaborated with my all-time favorite rosé brand, Mirabu, and we have had some really, really exciting developments, which I will share with you throughout 2021. So in this series, let's learn how to successfully bring a product to market. This series is for everyone, whether you're thinking about launching, you've already got a product out there and you want to emulate the success, or you're just interested to see what it takes to bring an idea to life. Now let's get into today's episode. So I'm so excited today because I have one of my favourite people on the podcast. I feel like I say that every week, but genuinely one of my favourite people, because I reply to every single one of your stories, is the lovely Danielle Pisa. Oh, what a lovely little intro. I'll take that. I sometimes actually think it's a bit weird, the amount that I reply to your stories. I'm like just sliding into your DMs. I'm like, okay, I really need to stop now.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's fine though, because I send you probably the same amount of texts being like, Lucy, help me. Lucy, what do I do? Lucy, I need your help and advice. So I feel like this is what we do. You reply to the stories and I just like send you a load of texts.
0: Yeah, I just send you weird stories about my ex-boyfriend selling me get well soon cards. <laughs> You know,
1: Oh, God, that was so funny. I'm going to do more of those. I'm pretty
0: sure I told you that story, but it's a story for another time, not yeah. for the podcast. So Danielle, please can you
1: tell us who you are and what do you do for those who do not know who you are? So I am Danielle. I am a personal trainer, a social media influencer, and I'd like to think an all-round do-gooder and positive energy spreader. I would completely agree with that. That's what I tried to do anyway. I tried to leave people feeling a little bit better than maybe when I found them. Yeah. Or they found me. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of, it's not all about, oh good, I am at this and a that and a that and a that now. It's actually the energy that you can give to people. And that's what I feel like i focused on a lot over the last year and it makes me feel really good as well. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I love about your Instagram? This is kind of why I'm obsessed with it is because I feel like in lockdown,
1: everyone's just posting the
0: same old stuff like buy this outfit buy this and I'm like I've got nowhere to go I don't need you to persuade me to buy clothes when I have nowhere to go so I'm like I can't follow you anymore I just I don't need them because by the time I come out of lockdown there's going to be a new trend that's not a I don't know Zara jacket or whatever yeah and so
1: when I watch your stories I'm like I know that there's always going to be something good on there Thanks. Ah, oh, that's really sweet. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like obviously everyone's had to navigate through the last year in their own way and how they feel is best for them. And I've had to do that as well. And actually, for me, that hasn't been shopping. That hasn't been, you know, promoting, using all these these things that I don't really need or I don't think other people benefit from. It's actually just that if you can get through the day and not have cry or actually like get to the end of the day and go, oh, yeah, actually, I've had a good day today that in itself like has been like the highlight of some of my days. Yeah. And I think it's important to highlight that and and share that, you know. So. Yeah.
0: I agree. I mean it is difficult. Most of the time I have quite generally speaking like I have quite good days, but the past week I have to think I've just hit a wall with lockdown.
1: You know when you're just like, no. I mean it's the third one now. Like it we're in the third one. We only ever thought there was going to be one for about 12 weeks. We were like great, 12 weeks, bish bash bosh, let's be, we'll done, be done, with done with it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut to, guys, Christmas is cancelled. What? (laughs) So, yeah, I think we're all definitely over it. Plus, you know, the weather as well. is Like, I'm looking out to a grey, miserable day. It's not going to help my mood. So that's why I've tried Mm. to, I guess, like, focus internally. Maybe it sounds a little bit spiritual for some people, but I have tried to focus internally on the things that I am in control of and my moods and the energy that I allow to be around me. And so far, it's working. So I'm just going to go with it. I love it. Do you know what I've started
0: doing recently? Before I do something, whether it's like me trying to talk myself out of doing a workout or out of going for a walk or picking up another bag of mini eggs or whatever it is, I'll say to myself, how will it make me feel after I've done it? Because yeah. like, I mean, sometimes you just need a whole bag of mini eggs. Do you know what I mean? Will I feel good after I've done it? Yeah, I probably will. Another day, maybe not. But like, even with working
1: out and just like, I think you have to do things for yourself, you know? oh absolutely yeah I think that's one thing that I've learned over the years yeah do things for yourself and like I said if you can also then maybe in turn help someone else feel a little bit better as well brilliant like double win okay so
0: the thing that I do at the beginning of all of these podcasts is ask people what their first ever job was okay it doesn't have to be it can be like a like a funny one, like someone once said about they dressed up as a stockpot and handed out leaflets at a station. That was a great one. Okay, brilliant. So yeah, what was your first ever job?
1: Well, my first ever job, I think it was working in a pub. Oh, love so that. it wouldn't have been until I was 18. I didn't really, before then, I would like help teach dance, obviously being a dancer, but I would like be the assistant in the class, obviously, because I was under 18. So I would like be like, a, I guess a teaching assistant, but A non-qualified one, I just knew about dancing. So I would kind of do that. But I think my first like proper job was, yeah, I was was a barmaid. Get me in the old Vic, Queen Vic. What's the pub in the EastEnders called? Queen Vic. Yeah, Queen Vic. Yeah, get me in there, pulling a pine. That was me. So I did that. However, my first dance job, when I then started my dance career, was a music video shortly followed by an advert for Specsavers, where I dressed up as a giant eyeball sorry what (laughs) so there were about (laughs) 20 of us and we all wore shirts like suits basically shirt and tie and then we had basically an eyeball over our head do you know what i actually weirdly think i remember this advert and we all jumped up and down at like different times so we had an earpiece in And we put this helmet on like a bike helmet, but on the back of the helmet, they had attached like half an eye to the back. And then we clipped on like the front of the eye and then through the pupil was like a black mesh. That was all we could see out of. And then obviously we had like the colour, whatever colour our eye was. And we were just a giant eyeball in a suit and we'd stand in a line. And I think I was number nine and they'd go nine, jump twice, jump, jump. And then it would be like, okay, all odd numbers. Can you bend? Three, two, one, bend. And so like, you'd see us all like moving around. Honestly, it was, I actually want to try and find it on YouTube. It was a memorable one.
0: Oh my gosh, we need to find that. That sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. So when people are like, God, Danielle, dance are so cool. Like glamorous, like amazing. I eyeball. Yeah. What did you do today? I was a giant eyeball, guys. <laughs> that's how I pay my bills. Giant eyeball. <laughs> the pinnacle of your career. Yeah. Like that, I was like. Guys have peaked. I can't get any, any better. Yeah, so they were like my first... I feel like I've had different first jobs for like different stages of my life, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, love it. Okay, so one of the things you actually didn't say that you were at the beginning is you didn't explain about being a dancer,
1: which I feel like
0: <laughs> is a fairly, you know, <laughs> huge part. <of. laughs>
1: because I, I feel as though I can't take credit for still being a dancer because I haven't done a dance job in four years, maybe five, five years now. So I feel as though to all those dancers out there, I'm a little bit cheeky if I'm going, I'm a dancer. You're not anymore, Danielle. Like, and I'm an ex-professional dancer. So I guess, yeah, but I, I never really know where that's placed. Would you dance again? Depends who's asking. Oh. <laughs> no, I would. There are some things that I would, like, come out of retirement for, said in, like, quotations. But, like, if... Like I danced a lot for Kylie Minogue and I really, really had a great time doing that. So if her choreographer were to be like, Danielle, we'd love for you to join this tour, I'd go, all right, like I'll have a think about it. But it also, it would depend on whether I could work it around everything else that I'm doing now, because yeah. I have moved on. Obviously now my focus is what I'm doing now and the platforms that I'm working on now. If I were to take a dance job that would completely pull me away from that, what do I do when that dance job ends? I've then got to then try and claw my way back. So yeah. I feel as though I'm very grateful for my dance career. But it was a time and now I'm like on to the next. Yeah. So I feel as though I'm not a dancer anymore, which is a little bit sad, definitely, because it was like my first true love before any boy or any item of clothing. It was my first true love.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah.
1: That's real sweet, that is. So can we just talk a bit about that? Like, how did you get into dance? So honestly, my mum just basically left me at dance school after like nursery and stuff when I was two because my older sister was dancing she's only three and a half years older than me so she would have been five at the time and uh, yeah my mum was like oh you can go as well now obviously when you're two you're not really learning how to do like a pirouette you're basically running around a room it was it was glorified childcare, I reckon that my mum was like get rid of the kids for a couple of hours. I can do yeah. my thing. Um, but then as I, you know, went through childhood and went into my teens, it was just a hobby that always stuck. I always say this, out of all the hobbies, like I did karate, I did gymnastics, played the piano, the flute. I did everything. Tennis was one of those kids. Dancing was the thing that I just loved so much. And I got such, you know, some of my closest friends now are those more from my dancing days rather than from school. I actually don't really talk to anyone from school. I was never really the same as anyone at school. Whereas my dancing friends, we just clicked, and I was like, "You're my peoples. We're gonna go on this journey called life together, and it's gonna be fun." Yeah. Yeah. So I just it was a hobby that always stuck. And then at sixteen, I decided that I don't think this whole A-level university malarkey is for me, guys. I think I wanna I wanna dance, and ballet was the thing that I was really good at, and that people told me I was really good at. So I decided to audition for ballet colleges. And I went to a full-time ballet school for two years, from 16 to 18, where we danced six days a week. And it was from 8.30 until 6, and we just did ballet. I had one jazz class a week. For anyone that understands about dance, jazz is just a different wow. type of dance. And, yeah, it was like the first time that I was like, this is, I'm, I'm where I, I should be. This is what I want to do. But an injury had other thoughts. And it prevented me from continuing on with ballet. But I knew I still wanted to dance. And that was when I then made the transition over into commercial dancing after I had graduated from my ballet college. And then cut to a year later, I'm dressed as a giant eyeball. (laughs) Is it quite, it must be quite a competitive thing though. Even for stuff like that, do you have to go and audition to be an eyeball? For that job, I didn't have to audition for it, but we did, we all had to be like the same height. So obviously that's out of my control. Like I am the height that I am. But for other jobs, yeah, for sure, it's, You learn a lot about rejection. You learn a lot about self-acceptance, about being confident, but not being arrogant. These are all things that I feel as though I learned, I had to learn from being a dancer. And of course, about discipline. I feel as though I've learned discipline from dancing more than anything else in life. Like you just have to just be on top of it because you are there to like slot in, make someone else look good. Ultimately, that was my job to make the artist or whoever it was look good. And I'm just like an embellishment, quite an important one. Obviously, like us dancers are important embellishments, but we're like seen but not heard kind of thing. So um, it was, yeah, it was tough, but I loved it. Loved it. Every, every minute. And maybe not every minute when my feet were hurting and I was tired. But every job that I did, I was like, I'm just grateful for being able to do this. Not many people get to do what they love as a career for 10 years.
0: Yeah. I think it's really interesting because, I mean, I don't sit at a desk all day. Well, <laughs> I do in lockdown, but not all day, all the time. And it's quite interesting because I think when you don't have a job that requires you to sit at a desk all day or like allows you to be more flexible, I think the other people find it really interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think as I've like kind of been guest on podcasts and I guess since I've stopped dancing and moved more into social media, people are, are more fascinated by it. Before that, all my friends were dancers, so they all got it. So there was no, ooh, factor to it. It was just like, this is what we do. The same as a lot of other people go to the office and go, well, this is what it's like working in an office. Like, no one's amazed by it. But now I get a little bit more interested in it, which is lovely because it does allow me to, like, relive it. Like, even talking to you now, I'm like, oh, that was fun, wasn't it, Danielle? So it's, yeah, it's nice to be able to chat about it.
0: Yeah, I also think what's really cool is, like, there's loads of stuff that I didn't even know that you'd done. And then you, like, sometimes just whack it out there. Like, you're in a Jessie J music video. And I bloody love Jessie J. Like, old school Jessie J. Love it. Just busting stuff out like that. Just really cool.
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't realise. And then it's when they find out, they're like, oh, my God, I love that music video. I had no idea you were in it. I'm like, but why would you? Because it's not about me. Like, that music video, for example, for Jess, that's her music video. So why would anyone know about me? Like, there's no big arrow saying, by the way, this is Daniel Pisa.
0: But it's funny, isn't it? Because you would have thought that, I mean, not that I've watched music videos for ages, but like, it's funny because if I'd watched stuff on the TV, I might be like, oh my gosh, that's really weird. That's Danielle. (laughs)
1: Yeah. If you were to see stuff now, like the things where I think I'm obviously shown, you'd be like, oh my God, I like, I know that girl. Like, I know her. I know her. Yeah. I think it would be quite cool for you to realise. But for me, I'm like, yeah, that's just, that's what I did. So... You know, yeah. Love it. Last question about your career. What has been your career highlight to date? Wait, are we talking about dance career? Because like I said, I've got different stages. So like my career highlight for dance career, and then I've got a career, I would have a career highlight for like my social. Okay, let's go with both. Okay, so my career highlight for dance career, it's not one specific performance, but it would be, Performing at like Wembley Stadium or performing at the O2 because I'm a London girl through and through. I grew up going to concerts there and at Wembley Arena as well, but obviously the O2 is so much bigger, and then the stadium even bigger. So things like that, when you're like, I am in my hometown, a lot of the time my family and friends are usually in on those nights as well. So it makes it a little bit more special. Yeah. I'm like, this is what dreams are made of, in the words of Lizzie McGuire. This is yeah. what dreams are made of. So I think that any time performing there, regardless of who it's for, is like, yeah. That must be such a weird feeling. Yeah. It's weird, actually, what adrenaline does to your body. And I feel as though I've never actually found anything that's matched that feeling. Like, never. Oh, I've got goosebumps. (laughs) It's honestly, it's so bizarre. Like, the actual feeling of it. Even now, I can kind of place myself back to how I felt. And it's like, it's such a bizarre, you, you can't even describe it. Yeah, so those performances would have been like a career highlight as a dancer. Highlight post-dancing, one would definitely be creating DPM. Yeah. Which you, more than anyone, know the ins and outs of and the stresses and the struggles. Partly because you've got your own small business and brand, but also because you've basically been the legs of mine <laughs> for the best part of what a year and a half two years maybe one of long. my
0: favorite things is when I like facetimed you on a Saturday morning and you were like I think it was like was it on a launch day or something it was maybe on the launch of the thing you were like oh I'm pretty sorry it's Saturday I was like that's all right you know we were both like there with our hair scraped back like I'm pretty sure I was a bit hungover we were just on facetime for like an hour just like firstly chatting about the website and then we just don't know, <laughs> chatted shit for ages
1: <laughs> yeah like honestly when people are, like God, yeah, like, you and your team, I'm like, it's literally me, and then just, like, outsourcing a lot, relying a lot on Lucy. My mum gets involved. Like, I do have, you know, a couple people here and there that can kind of help assist me, but I think people think that I'm, like, Anna Wintour walking into this huge building of, like, loads of people, and I'm like, nah, like, that's that's
0: not... I actually posted something about that the other day on social media and it's something we'll come on to in a sec because I really want to talk to you about work-life balance because when you have a career on social media, whether you're like an influencer or for me, my business well, both of my businesses, like I rely on Instagram and social media, even though I don't have like a huge amount of followers, that's where I get all of my business from. And even though I don't have those followers, I still make... Quite a significant amount of money Mm -hmm. from a career on social media, which is just bananas. But at the same time, I always think like if I have an inverted commas, a normal job, because I personally think, oh, well, I surround myself with business owners and influencers or whatever. So for me and for us, this is like a normal job. But then for people who work for other people, it's completely bizarre. And, you know, that theirs is actually probably a normal job. And I would say when I have a normal job, meaning when I worked for someone else in an office. It's a really weird world because those people come onto social media to switch off. Whereas when you live your life on social media and when you use
1: it for work, it's not quite the same thing. Oh, yes. Switching off from social media, I think, is one of the hardest things for people like us. Because like you said, everyone else goes to social media for an escape. We go to social media to work. And then when we're finished, I say finished work, like we ever actually really have a start and end to our day. But say we're like, right, I've done all of my tasks for today. I'm going to sit on the sofa and then in the ad breaks of whatever I'm watching, oh, I'll just scroll on my phone. Okay, I'm back at work. Because I I feel as though it's obviously conditioned and programmed into me so much. I find it really hard to look at social media from a, I guess from a consumer's point of view and a a social media point of view rather than work and business. Yeah,
0: but it's difficult because... So I started like a private personal account just to post pictures of me and my friends with drinks in our hands and pictures of my friends' babies who I just absolutely adore as a way to like just connect with my friends and for them not to feel like they have to follow me being like, here's what I did today. Because they're like, they just, we all laugh about it. But like, it's just one of those things like it's nicer sometimes just to have that like normal sort of life and I thought okay maybe if I follow people on that who I actually want to follow that I don't know then it might help me to switch off but the difficulty is is that when you have a moment that's a break and that you want to switch off and you sit on like your personal profile you're getting messages through from people asking you questions yeah you're having to like part of the whole social media thing is obviously like you have relationships with people online that yeah okay maybe they're not like your closest group of friends but you're like supportive with one another and you kind of have to make it a habit to watch people's stories and like reply to them and like and comment. And like, it's not like a chore, but it is something that I am conscious of.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Like if I'm not planning my own content, I'm shooting my own content. If I'm not shooting it, then I'm obviously posting and uploading. And then once I've done that, I've then got to engage. So then I've posted it. So then I need to make sure that I'm replying to comments and da 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 Okay, so then after that, obviously, I've got to, like, make sure I stay on top of my DMs. Yeah. And then people are asking me all sorts of them. And then after that, I've then got to, I guess, yeah, do the networking and the outreach and that sort of thing, which is scrolling and engaging with other people's content. And then after that, I'm back to posting my next post. There's always a turn. It's a real journey. Yeah. It's like there's never a... Okay, well, you've done all those things now, so why don't you just no like when is that which is why over I guess pretty much since I think it was maybe since like April or May last year I decided to have my social media free weekends and I don't post I sometimes engage if I see something that I like you know but I won't post any stories or anything on my feed on Saturday or for most of Sunday until Sunday evening because I needed to be able to get better at enjoying the platform as someone that doesn't work within the platform. Yeah. And also just for like mental health and just be able to break away from it. And I've had a lot of people message me go, God, how do you do that? Like, do you not go on Instagram at all? I'm like, oh, I do go on it. But I try to go on it to enjoy it rather than from a work perspective. But yeah. then I know that some people just delete the app every weekend. They delete it. And so if, they, if it's not there instantly on their phone, they won't bother. And then they'll maybe re-download it on the Monday which I have never done. I did years ago, I deleted that. But over the last year, I haven't ever deleted the app. But that's another thing that, you know, I think is really benefiting people. And what I do like about that is that people are taking their own happiness and well-being into their own hands. Mm. They're like, no, I need to do this for me. Even though everyone else is going to be posting about this or posting about that, no, I need to take myself away. And I think that's really important for everyone to be able to kind of take control mm. in a world where we, a lot of the time, feel very controlled or restricted, shall we say?
0: Yeah, I think especially at the moment, I mean, I try not to post things at the weekend, if I can help it just because I personally feel that, you know, I want to go out for a walk with a friend at the weekend. Yeah. Or, you know, spend time with my family. And I think this year, I've just tried not to post as much personal stuff, because my page is not for is for business, it's not for personal stuff. And I just I personally have decided like there's a line to be drawn and that's really helped me I think with my work-life balance because I don't I used to constantly be like oh someone take a picture do this do that I'm just like no like that's not what life is yeah don't like can someone
1: take a picture of me to post on Instagram like no it's just not you yeah. know take a picture for the memories unless obviously it's like a a work thing or you know like for me obviously sometimes I'm like I need to get a photo up so let's you know I've got this outfit or I want to I want to write a caption, so therefore I need a photo to go with it. That's a lot of the time where it comes from. I'll find a caption and I'll go, I need a sassy photo. Sorry, study word. I need a sassy photo to go with the sarcastic caption, things like that. But no, I think the whole work-life balance is very, very important. And also what you said about sharing personal life on this. I know some people, they are perfectly happy and comfortable with sharing it. And also they've created a whole entire brand and built their businesses off the back of people know everything about them from the last time they went to the toilet to, you know, the ins and outs of a breakup or a birth or a wedding, all of those things. It's just not for me. I feel like I need, like you said, I need that wall because it's all fine when it's going great and you're happy to share, but then you do see things that go wrong. People go, can you just respect my privacy? Well, you can't really blame people because you've opened up your front door And now you're trying to slam it in their face and they're going, but you've been welcoming me in this whole time. And I just think I'd rather not get to that situation. I'd rather be like, yes, I have a personal life and I'll share elements of it, but you don't need to know the ins and outs of everything that I'm doing every day because actually what I want to offer you is my brand and my business and that side of things.
0: Yeah. I also personally feel that, and I mean, I follow a lot of different people who do various different things and come from different walks of life. But I do personally think that the people that open their doors completely are also opening their doors to a lot of criticism. And I just can't deal with that. I'm just like, work is where I draw the line. I don't need people knowing what I'm doing in my personal life.
1: Yeah, judging like judging and giving negativity on a something that you've chosen or shared about your personal life, fine. If you want to criticize my business or my brand and it's constructive criticism, cool. Always open for feedback. You might be wrong. You probably will be wrong, but I'm still open for it. But like, are you okay criticizing a choice that I've made for myself in my personal life? Are you actually all right?
0: Like... I always use this as an example, right? The only piece of hate I ever got online was I said I couldn't afford a prep every day for lunch. I remember this story. Personal choice, right? I worked it out. It would be like £250 a month, like, if you did it every single day, right? And this person had like a blank profile and replied and went, I'm unfollowing you. I'm sick of people posting that they can't afford stuff because they think it's cool. And it's like, firstly, sorry, do you have access to my bank account? Sorry, didn't realise that you were my accountant. Thank you very much. Ooh. Secondly, it's a personal choice. Like, do I want to buy a Pret every day for lunch? Or
1: do I want to save up and the on holiday? Like, Also, like, who shows off that they can't afford that? Like, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen anyone show off that they can't afford it. Or like afford something like a Pret. Like, even if I was like, oh God, I really want to buy a... Ferrari I can't afford it How, what am I showing off about the fact that I want a Ferrari or the fact that I can't like nothing about that is impressive like please someone tell me where I'm showing up I'm actually just stating a fact I can't afford it
0: yeah but like online abuse is just the most bizarre thing I mean like I'm sure you get it way more than I ever have but you know for some of my clients it's just like the stuff I even read on their comments is just like the most bizarre stuff anyway so I think, yeah, work-life balance, you've got to draw the line. Otherwise, you just wouldn't enjoy social media because I just can't imagine being scared to go on social media because of the abuse Oh, that my God, get. yeah,
1: that's the thing. I, I actually feel as though I've got a lot less hate. A lot of people say, oh, God, you must get so much. And I go, well, no, because since I have put that barrier there, it's like this is your side and this is my side. And, like, I've drawn that line, so therefore I don't really open myself up to it. But going back to what you said about, you know, a lot of people that do open up their lives – they are kind of inviting, let's say, more open comments. I also know people that go, well, it's good for engagement. So cool, say what you want to me in the comments. And they can really like kind of turn a blind eye to it and I guess put on this tough exterior. I couldn't do that. If someone came from me or a member of my family or something like that, and it was on a day where I just wasn't really feeling that strong, no. Whereas some people are going, yeah, well, still like if you're hating me or you're, you know, you're talking about me, you're still talking about me. And they actually see that as a positive. You know that whole, like, all press is good press type of thing?
0: Yeah. They no, see I it in the same like
1: way as that. And I'm like, yeah, but no, I don't need that negative energy around me. No. Like, you don't have to like me at all. Like, you don't need to tell me that you don't like me. You have a problem with me. is your problem, not mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, keep it to yourself. Deal with your own problem.
0: It's not yeah. my problem. Yeah, it's so true. It is so true.
1: What does your... Oh, my God,
0: yes, the cup... The cup, which I now... The blue brush. Struggle,
1: right? I struggled to drink out of it because that was one of my best friends who uh, said, God, I really thought this was a toilet brush. And then he sent me a picture of his toilet brush, which looks <laughs> like this.
0: <laughs> Danielle's on camera drinking from an insulated iced coffee cup, which, by the way, I actually have one of those. It's like a partner of mine prototype.
1: Oh, okay. People
0: say I should bring them out, but I'm just not... I'm not sure. It's not really a wine cup. Well, I would have bought it but I am a sucker for an iced coffee. Also, it comes with a metal straw and it freaks me out because they are lethal.
1: No, this isn't metal. This is, um, I actually think this is plastic, but obviously it's like reusable plastic. So it's, you know. Oh yeah, that's um, fine. But yeah, it's like a, it's a soft straw
0: like that. Oh yeah.
1: And then you also get like the coffee lid as well. So obviously I can unscrew this and then I've got my, like a coffee lid with a slider bit. So I can use that lid instead if it's a hot drink.
0: Okay, you're really giving me the ideas now.
1: And (laughs) apparently, I should get shares in this company. Side tangent (laughs) comes in different colors and different sizes. This is a 20 ounce. Everyone's going to be listening to this, being like, but we can't see it, Danielle. So, can you just stop talking about this? Coming soon
0: to to partner in wine, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right. Well, we'll talk about that another time. We're going off on a tangent here. So, from when you started your social media career, yeah, versus now. What do you think are the key differences between like your work-life balance then and now apart from obviously kind of closing
1: off the personal side of things? I plan a lot more now. I plan my content out a lot more, not to the T, and every so often there'll be something that I'll just want to like kind of throw in there. And not my stories, I don't plan those, unless it's obviously it's a paid sponsored ad. But I plan my content, my, my feed out a lot more Also because I've got three Instagram accounts to run. So if there's no planning, you'll know this, if there's no planning involved in that, my poor little brain, like it just can't compute. I'm not the smartest. So having three Instagram accounts to run is just not always, you know, the best thing. So planning definitely has helped me a lot more in terms of when I'm working and when I'm not, because I'll set aside like an hour of planning into a day rather than finishing all my tasks and sitting on the sofa and then doing it kind of in my off time it's like no planning is part of the job even though it's something that people don't see because I'm not actually physically on Instagram at the time posting or engaging or commenting or anything so that has been a big one i think for me in terms of being able to i guess yeah draw that that work life balance and then also making sure okay the last year has obviously been slightly different but When I am or when I have been able to have, you know, left my home and see my friends, like it doesn't, not everything has to go on social media. I will see a lot of my friends or when we could, you know, we'd go out for dinner. I wouldn't put it on social media. Like I think actually experiencing life for life and not living life because you want to share it on social media. There are so many things that I've done, enjoyed, loved, but no one on social media has seen because actually... I'm like, no, I think I just want this to be for me and my friends. And I don't want to worry about, you know, sharing every single element of it. And that as well is where I'm then prioritizing the life over the work. I think, you know, you need to know what you need to be prioritizing at what time of the day or on what days. Because, you know, you see people that go to weddings and they're doing a full get ready with me. I'm going to my best friend's wedding. And then I'll actually I'm going to story the whole day. Just enjoy the damn wedding. Like this is a life, big life moment. You know, maybe, yeah, post a photo after or even the morning of, I'm really excited. But just be in the moment. Be present.
0: Yeah. Do you know what's really funny? And I think I've talked about this on a podcast before. But I saw someone just after, I think it was when I started going back into London. So, like, maybe around the time that I last saw you, like, in August or something. Mm -hmm. And I saw them in this co-working space I go to. And I went, oh, I would ask how you are, but I know because you post everything on social media. I was like, if that's what you think, then that is so sad.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you think I just work all day, every day (laughs) and don't see any of my friends?
1: Yeah. What? I know that that's the thing. Like people are like, oh yeah, I know what you're doing. You have no idea.
0: Literally have no idea.
1: Yeah. I always definitely try to be very open and honest with my audience, but I'm open and honest in the sense that I tell them I share the parts with you that I want to share with you. You can jump to your own conclusions if you want to. You can assume, like, recently I've got a whole, oh, you really hate men because I keep putting up these, like, petty, sassy captions. I just think the captions are really funny. Yeah. And so then I reposted that video of Cher when she does the interview, and she's like, I love men. Like, I love dessert. but you don't need them. Yeah. Like, it's that. People are like, oh, God, she's so anti-men. No one has a clue if I've got a boyfriend or not. Because, again, I choose not to share that personal side of my life. Yeah. And I'm doing that for my own self-preservation. Yeah. But people love to, yeah, go, oh, I know what you're doing. And I know, you know, oh, how was that trip to wherever? Well, yeah, bits of that I am going to post. But bits of it I'm also not going to post. And I just think it's, I don't know, I think there's a little bit of like... An air of mystery. Mystery, yeah. Keep
0: it that way. I love the air of mystery. It's like following those fashion accounts where they never show their face. Some yeah. people love it because they're like, What does that face look like? Like, who are you?
1: Yeah. yeah. A bit like the mask singer. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the sausage. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of where I stand with that. You know, like we have a life, we have work. They can cross, but they're not solely reliant on each other. And I think that's important.
0: Yeah, it is important. It's funny because I've been on that journey this year and I feel like a lot better about my weekends and my personal life and my evenings and also drawing that line and going life is not all about making money and work because for the past sort of you know few years that has kind of been I need to get to a stage where I feel comfortable and now I do I'm like okay cool now we focus on the personal life and like learning to actually hang out with my friends yeah for sure
1: For sure. I mean, you know, like if your goal over the last few years was to buy your home and then furnish it and do all those things, that obviously you have to then put everything into work so that you can achieve that goal or or that, you know, whatever it is. But then I think once you've done that, you're like, okay, well, now let me enjoy this, because what's the point of putting all that money into a new home, furnishing it all and then being so stressed with work? Like you need to enjoy that then, you know, cool, tick, achieve that. Now let's enjoy it for a bit. And then kind of, you need to know when to press on the gas of what things, whether you're pressing on the gas for work, for example, for me, like leading up to a launch or, you know, same for you, really let's press hard on the gas. I've got no time for friends right now. I'm really sorry. I love you all. Thank you for the support, but this is where I'm focusing. Launch happens. Great. Yes, we can't completely take our foot off the pedal, but we can apply then a bit of gas to friends and go, actually, because I haven't seen you for so long, because I've been focusing on this launch, let's do a wine night on Zoom. Or if I can see you, let's go out for dinner and things like that. You know, like it's just, it's hard to find a balance. I I get it. But I think it's something that just, you naturally find a rhythm and routine that works for yourself. There is no blueprint of it. It's just whatever works for you. Do you know what
0: I also think? I also think what's the point in having money and success and like a nice house or whatever, if you end up having no one? Their friends. Yeah. Or you've alienated yourself to the point where you don't have anyone to enjoy it with. So You'll be miserable.
1: And no one wants to be miserable. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I always say to my friends? I'm like, when I sell partner and wine for millions and millions, I'm going to hire a massive private yacht and we're all just going to live at large. All right. I'll see you there. Yeah. Massive one. Everyone's invited. <laughs> <laughs> so... When you're an influencer or when you're the like face of the business and you're like the one that everyone sees running it, mm-hmm. people always, always say to me, and I think I'm pretty sure you've said it to me before as well. People are always, always like, oh, you're a superwoman. Like you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this, you're doing that. Like you've got your hands in all the pots. You're so busy. How do you have time? for person like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm busy, but I'm not. I always say like, I'm not busy. I'm just never bored. Yeah. And it's true because I I can't remember the last time I said, oh, I'm so bored. Like, (laughs) I'm not busy. I'm just never bored. But also the important thing to remember is like, not only do I have people who work for me, people that work with me, so like freelancers, outsourcing, whatever, and then obviously like accountant, you know, all the day to day sort of stuff that you need. I worked out the other day, I have 10 people that help me do what I do, whether that is, you know, outsourcing, employed, another company, whatever, that's how many people it takes to help me do what I do. And I don't think people see that. And so whether even if it's like family and friends, I think sometimes there is this perception that people on social media are like abnormal, like super people with radioactive blood that can just (laughs) like keep going when it's just not the case.
1: Yeah. I definitely have said that to you in the past. I know that. But people have also said it to me. But I feel as though I have two things kind of to say to that. First off, being busy does not mean that you're being productive. People that, oh my God, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, what have you done? Or well, I had to, no, but none of that has really been productive, has it? Oh, but I'm just, you know, I'm oh my God, I'm just so busy. And we, as a generation, I think maybe we were conditioned to think that being busy equates to success. And it really doesn't. Being productive... Equates to success, and also having a good business idea. You know, or you're you reliant a lot on other people's opinions if you're asking for money in exchange for your product. But being busy and being productive are two very different things. Mm. Like I've had some days where actually everything that I could do for that day has been done, maybe within three hours, and there's nothing else. Yes, I could potentially plan a little bit further in advance, but as in everything that I have to do has been done in three hours. Now I can like faff about and try and make it last longer, but it lasts as long as it lasts. And once I've done the task, I've done it. But then going on to what you also said about having other people, I think it's so important and it should be celebrated that actually, yeah, okay, great, I'm the face of it and people look at me, but I absolutely could not do what I do without the help, assistance, advice, encouragement of other people. And I think anyone would be the same. Because running a business can actually be a really lonely and intimidating thing. Because you're basically saying, I think this is good. Can you think it's good as well, please? That's quite scary. As a girl that didn't like to put her hand up at school because she didn't want people to know her opinion. I am really, I'm in the wrong job. Because I'm basically saying to people, can you like what I do, please? You know? So without those other people around me kind of like having my back and going, yeah, you got this, Danielle. Well, actually, I think maybe we should try it like this. You know, when you and I have had conversations before, you've gone, that's great. What I have found maybe to have worked is this. And because you're the expert in what you do, I'm going to then go, yeah, I, I agree. I li- I'm going to listen to you. And I think that is the best way to move forward. Don't be afraid to ask for help from other people.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think that's the other thing is that, you know, you can look at other people on social media and think, actually, you know, this person, how is she doing it all? mm You know, no matter who that might be, and then you compare it to yourself and you think I'm not being very productive. And it's like, well, no, think about the things that you can do well and things that perhaps you need help in, and then other people can assist you in your productivity.
1: Yeah, for sure. I also think it's important, and you know, I'm sure that there are probably people that are listening to this that maybe are literally maybe just starting or want a little bit of advice or inspiration. Like, yes. Lucy and I now are in the position where we are able to outsource a lot because we have a stream of income from all these places that we can obviously pay other people but Rome wasn't built in a day so there was a time when I did have to figure things out when I did my very very first blog I had to figure it out by myself like start where you're at and grow accordingly Don't try and take on this big old masterminded team when you don't have the means to pay them or actually you don't need them. Just trust the journey, trust the process. And to start with, I'm guessing you probably did everything yourself when you very first started, as did I. And now it's like, it's a blessing and we're grateful that we've got our businesses to this place. And hopefully that's inspiring for people that feel a bit like, oh God, it's never going to happen. We were there.
0: Yeah, I think also you never know. You've got to learn to talk about your business. And I talk about this a lot because it is such an important part of running a business is learning to talk about what you're doing to other people. You might speak to your dad and go, oh, dad, look, I'm really struggling to build a website. And, you know, my dad wouldn't know how to build a website, but he might know someone that Mm. builds websites. And perhaps you could just, it's a mate and you could just give your uncle a call and say, can you just help me with this, please? I'll buy you a drink or, you know,
1: whatever it is. I think a lot of people, though, are nervous. Oh, God, what are they going to think of me? What if they laugh at me? First of all, anyone that laughs at you, wanted to start a business or do your own idea, they're not your mate. So they need to go in the bin anyway.
0: Yeah, agreed. See you later.
1: Second of all, I remember I really lived by this quote when I was like, or well, anytime I get that imposter syndrome, at first they laugh, then they copy. Ah. The number of people that were like, you're going to do what? Yeah, I'm going to set up a, like a fitness subscription. But there are loads of people doing it, Yeah. And what you think that Nike wasn't going to stop just because Adidas was already around. Mm. People don't buy from you because of what
0: you do. They buy from you because you're the one that's selling it. Because of who you are.
1: Yeah. And that's like, even the other day I text you, didn't I? And I was like, so I kind of need some advice on like how to tell people about my business more. And then that's me coming to you. Like as a friend and going, you are better at this than me. If you have a minute, I'd really appreciate advice. And then you came back with all of this stuff. And I was like, can't write fast enough. Right, need to do this, need to do Lucky I sent it in a voice note. I know. (laughs) Yeah, like, I think it's important. Yeah, like, just ask around and don't be scared. Because also, would you laugh at someone if they came to you and were like, I really want to do this business idea? No, you'd go, all right, good for you. Like, I don't know anything about that. I can see if other people that I know help you. But go for it. You go, Glen Coco.
0: Yeah, you go, Glen Coco. (laughs) Exactly. I agree. The other thing I was going to say about outsourcing stuff in the beginning. So I did everything from the beginning for myself. And I always say this to people is I find this weird satisfaction in doing the dirty jobs that you would not want to do at some point. So that firstly, you know how long it takes. Secondly, you appreciate it more. And thirdly, when you outsource it, you have all of this knowledge about how it's actually done. So you know, even last December, sat here packing boxes, that's not really my kind of job. You've done it as well. Yeah. It's not really something I want to be doing forever, no. let alone hours and hours at a time. Yeah. So you do it, and then when you have, like, a fulfillment center, you appreciate it so much more because, firstly, you get the orders coming in and you're not faced with that instant anxiety. Of, oh, God, oh God,
1: the anxiety of it. Oh, God, I can't. I can't. Don't tell me back. <laughs> yeah. Brings like terrible memories. Honestly, I got PTSD from it. The paper cuts, yeah, and then the people saying, "You know, my order hasn't arrived yet." Okay, but it's on its way. I don't know what you want me to do. You've asked me to send it to Tokyo. i like, I it's, it's coming it's on its way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, even doing
0: small stuff like that, like doing my bookkeeping to begin with. I mean, that's something I always hated. But then, like, just I don't know, working out how to code stuff on a website. I can do all of that stuff, like Photoshop. Yeah. I've taken classes. I fully like immersed myself in all of that from the very beginning, because I do feel like stuff like that also, firstly, makes you very good at your job because you have the technical knowledge. But then when you ask someone else to do it, you know exactly how to describe it to them.
1: Yeah. The technical stuff, like the website stuff, you know, I haven't got a clue. It's literally like technology for dummies. Step by step. I'm like, sorry, Lucy, what do I click? You're like that big button right there. I'm like that one. Yeah. So that sort of stuff I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to get better, but you know, in terms of my actual brand and product and the content of it, and I know how I want things to look and be done and I've had to film my stuff and then I could, you know, get other people to help me film it in a more professional sense. Like that side of things I'm like, I know what I like and I like what I know when it comes to that. Yeah. Let's just make it happen. Let's make the magic happen. Yeah. Let's just do it
0: love it well thank you so much for chatting to me today i
1: feel like that was really just such a nice chat
0: it's nice to have a
1: chat wasn't it nice to see your face as well i know nice
0: to thanks see you thanks for that face. no
1: thanks for having me it's nice i don't really have conversations like this with other like-minded business owners that kind of get it like i speak to other influencers but they maybe haven't got businesses in the same i guess like reign and what i do yeah But yeah, so it was nice. Thanks. And I will most likely send you more texts asking for more advice and help on how to make things work. I should await them. Yeah. Thanks.
0: It's great. People message me now and they just get voice notes back because I can't deal with typing anymore. I'm like, let me just tell you something.
1: (laughs) But it's great, though, because I can listen to a voice note whilst I'm doing other things.
0: It's like a personal podcast just for you. Yeah. So where can we find you? Also, you didn't actually tell people what DPM was. So in this last bit, please tell people where they can find you. What is your website? If you like the website, that's really nice because
1: I (laughs) helped you. Because you Uh, created it. Yes. And please tell us. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Danielle Pisa. You can find all my fitness-related content at Danielle Pisa Method on Instagram. And then my website, daniellepisa.com, which is where you'll find a library of both free content, free workouts, and also options to subscribe to either DPM 60, which is a 60-day one-off payment plan, or DPM Monthly, which is a monthly renewal subscription service where you gain access to between 12 to 15 workouts per month it's really fabby, it's really fun it's a lovely little community and I feel very very blessed and grateful that I've got people joining so if you're looking to be more active and enjoy it come on
0: over. Do you know what, I need to do that I haven't worked out in like three weeks and that
1: actually disturbs me quite a lot (laughs) so. This is another thing as well because I've got this fitness subscription I don't have a choice other than to work out because I have to do the content so it kind of ticks two you know, kills two birds with one stone ticks all the boxes so whereas you're a professional at drinking wine purely for research purposes exactly it's a business expense guys (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you so much my love it's been lovely chatting to you thank you
0: thank you so much for listening to today's episode i really hope that you found value in that whether you are looking to launch a product yourself or you're just interested in the process make sure you subscribe to the podcast and please, please, please leave a review if you enjoyed this episode or you are enjoying the series. It really does mean a lot to have your feedback and to know that you guys are listening and involved. So yeah, please do go and subscribe and make sure you're following me on Instagram. You can follow me at Lucy Hitchcock underscore. You can follow at the Winging it podcast. And if you want digital marketing tips, you can follow at Sassy Digital. And obviously, If I've got any breath left, please go and follow at Partner in Wine UK, where as well as posting about all of our latest products and everything that we're launching, I do make sure that we do plenty of behind the scenes so you can see exactly what it is like to run a product-based business. And I'll be back next week with another episode.